Vayichi is the last parsha of the first of the five books of the Torah. And in fact, it's called the first, in fact, it is the first, indicates that it's a higher level in some ways rest of the Torah. Um, it's called the book of the upright. As we were learning yesterday, the word yasha means straight. And the reason why Adam and Yaakov are called straight is because they were straight in the sense that there was no distance between the way they were in Ganeitan, the way they were in the higher worlds, and the way they were in this world. It was they had the same experience here in this world as they were in higher worlds. So, so to speak, Moshe Rabbeinu, Arvind Yaakov, they are looking in this world with glasses from the world of Atsilus. They see they see the, the the inner truth of what's going on over here. It's a straight. They see there's no um, like oh they're here and they were there before. They have a, a uh, seamless move from Ganeidin to this world. Sefer Arms Yaakov, Whatever happened to them is a sign for their children for us. So whatever happened to them is a lesson for their children in the following books of the Torah, starting from the next book of the Torah and continuing on throughout the 24 books of the Torah until Divrei Hayamim, which is not just Divrei Hayamim, but it's it's the the history of the Jewish people to the end of time comes from what happened to Armitzniak. You see something about the, the this um, impact of Armitzniak upon all the Jewish people in the um, in the name and the content of this Torah portion. The name of the Torah portion is Yaakov lived. And Yaakov is not just one of the three patriarchs. Yaakov is called the number one. He is called the chosen of the three patriarchs. And so his life is the um, is a summary of the entire book of Bereshis. And through Yaakov, all of the inyanim, all of the, the different elements that are within our patriarchs are drawn to the life of all Jewish people. So looking at Vayechi, which is a summary of Yaakov's life, we're going to get something from there and understand what is the life of, of uh, each of us. Yaakov's life, and throughout all of history, we'll see from summary, summarizing Yaakov's life, we get insight in Yaakov's life. I'm here. Okay, good. What is the content of the parsha? What is the so so the name of the parsha? Um, Yaakov lived is also. That I live and you live and our children live. That's that's the thing. What is our life about, and how our life draws from their lives? That's the the uh, the title of the parsha. What's the theme of the parsha? The theme of the parsha are the blessings of Yaakov to his children, the blessing of Yosef, the blessing to Yosef's children, um, and uh, which are not just to them but to all the Jewish people. The says Yaakov, our father, did not die. Just because children are alive, so is he alive. 
Yaakov's life is eternal. So how is Yaakov alive? Yaakov is alive because he's alive through his children. How are his children alive? The children are alive by learning the Torah, the Torah of life. And that's the, Yaakov's life was about Torah. It says in the Torah, so, so the theme of Yaakov's blessing to his children, that the Yosef's children, is how Yaakov's life continues on. That's why, ironically, it's called Yaakov lives. It means about Yaakov passing away. And the answer is, is that, it's, 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 on the contrary, when do you see Yaakov's truly alive? When his life continues on in the, in the next generations. When, when, when Yaakov is still around, you don't know that his life is eternal. When can you tell Yaakov's life is really, really eternal? When he's not there to, uh, to uh, advocate for his agenda, for his, what he, his life, is, for, for what he wants to accomplish, when you see the true life of Yaakov and continues on in the following generations. Um, okay, let's just go to note 14 for, for a second. Yaakov gives a blessing to all the children. He starts off blessing Reuben and Shimon. Reuben, his blessing Reuben and Shimon is... A uh, emblematic to two general ways of serving Hashem. There's a Reuben way of serving Hashem and a Shimon way of serving Hashem. As Yaakov says about Ephraim and Hashem, I want you guys to be like Reuben and Shimon. What are the two ways of serving Hashem? There's a Re'iya There's seeing and hearing. And they are the source, those two ways of serving Hashem, seeing and hearing, are the source for all the other 12 tribes, for all the other, uh, other ways of serving Hashem. What does that mean? What are those two ways of serving Hashem? So, we learned um, on Shabbos that Reuven um, means to see. When Leah gave birth to Reuven, she said, God has seen my pain. When Leah gave birth to Shimon, she said, Hashem has heard that I was hated. So we learned that the, the first two sections of Shema are associated with the, with the um, with Reuven and Shimon. The first section of Shema is called Reuven. The second section of Shema is called Shimon. Why? Because uh, the first section of Shema is very romantic. First section of Shema is love Hashem. How much do you love Hashem? All the way. All your heart, all your soul, all your might. What happens if you don't? Let's not talk about that. Just, just, just love Hashem, all your heart and soul and might. The second section of Shema, on the other hand, Talks about consequences. If you do, you have brachas. If you don't, this this happens. So why is the first section of Shema so romantic? The second section of Shema all of a sudden talking about consequences. But the first section of gravity, gravity, because we see its impact very uh, hard and fast. So too by meditating in divine providence, meditating in things in our life that are that are uh, whatever is happening, um, that it can give us a vivid, clear perceptual guidance. Previous have even said that every person look back at their life. Last day and last week, and we could see dots connect in a way that they that they didn't uh, expect them to. They didn't know how it's going to work. Uh, the Rebbe actually once said in a letter, um, in 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 school, um, very often teachers ask the children, "Tell me something that you saw that was divine providence." So by Shay's Taub, he says, "I hate that. Why? Because I mean, some things aren't divine providence." But the truth is, 
But the truth is that, that the Rebbe said these words. He said, the more you believe in it, the more God shows it to you. Everything's divine providence. But do you see that how the dots connect? The more you believe that the dots connect, the more Hashem shows it to you. So one of the general ways of serving Hashem is Ru'uvein. Ru'uvein means that you're trying to achieve a vivid perception of godliness. That's, 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 that's one kind of, that's a one part of us. Then there is Shimon. Shimon is a part of us which doesn't have that vivid perception of godliness. That's at a distance. So it's not only that there are times that we're not so romantic. I think it also means that there's a part of us which isn't so romantic. It's just like a, in any relationship, there's, there's a part of you which is into it and a part of you which isn't into it. So, so the Reuben part of it is what you see. You, you see and, 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 it's, it's, and when you see the, Hashem is with you, so that evokes a powerful love for Hashem. Okay. But what the part of you doesn't see, that has to be reminded about, about uh, the, the value that for, uh, for yourself in keeping terms. Like the previous everyone said, Av is geshmaker, yir is gesunter. Love is more enjoyable, fear is healthier. It's, more, it's healthier to, uh, to have fear, but it's not, it's not fun. Love is more geshmak. So, so, having, so Shimon is where we're staying at a distance from Hashem. The part of us which is not, not seeing vividly Hashem is close to us. And, and therefore the second section of Shema talks about, um, talks about the, the benefit of, of keeping Hashem lost. So, so these two ways of serving Hashem, Reuven and Shimon, Shimon means you're hurt. Shimon means you know about this, you, tr- you heard from someone you trust, but it's not vivid. Reuven means you see with your eyes. So those are two ways, those are two general ways of serving Hashem, which are the source of the rest of the 12 tribes. The next of the tribes of, of uh, Levi and Yehuda and Don Naftali, um, their, their, their activity, their manner of serving God depends on how close and how distant you are to Hashem. In other words, are you seeing or are you hearing? If you're seeing... Um, then the way you do levy is different. If you're hearing the way you do levy is different. We, we ask every day in davening, we say, um, open our eyes, that our eyes see your Torah. O- o- open our eyes to your Torah. So the simple meaning of this is, let us understand your Torah. Torah is, is infinite, let's understand your Torah. But that also means, also means let us see the, let's see what's inside your Torah. Let's see the godliness in Torah. Torah shouldn't just be your subject, a, a intellectual idea. Let me see the Moresh Let me see the luminary Let me feel the you the talking. Light, it's using the word light? Yeah. The oil, right? The light. Light of Yeah. Yeah. Not just the inside. Not just the 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 uh, the, uh, the chiddush. Not just the the uh, get, get, to have an inside. But the v'hoi in That's why it says the word terasecha. Your terror. We want to know that it's your terror. We want to feel that you're talking to. Me. So how much of that? That's that's one way of doing it. I mean. Let's, 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 let's say this very practically. You're, you're, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about a certain situation I was in. When I was in studying Yeshiva in Brunois in France, I was interested in studying. So, um, so for me, studying Torah that day meant um, laying bricks. It meant just, just, <laughs> just, just doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I wasn't interested in, in, in laying bricks. So should I lay bricks? Or should I? Well, God wants me to lay bricks. Uh, he wants me to put out the bricks. Okay, so I'm gonna. My line of scrimmage is: Am I going to put out the bricks? Not put out the bricks. That that that's where the line of scrimmage is. That's where my victory or failure is. 
That's a Shimon kind of perspective. When I'm not in touch, okay, in Shimon itself at different levels, but Shimon means that I'm at a distance of what I'm doing. I don't know the value of what I'm doing. I'm at a distance of what, what the value of what I'm doing is. It doesn't seem relevant. So that I'm doing Levi, 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 the word Levi means to be close. When Leah gave birth to Levi, Leah knew that there were going to be 12 tribes, and she knew that by having at least three, she was going to be equal to other wives of Yaakov, because there's four wives, probably each one's supposed to have three. So this Levi, which when she gave birth to Levi, she said, um, now my husband will come close to me. So in our service of Hashem, our husband is Hashem. How does he come close to us? He comes so close to us in Tehra. Okay. But how does he come close to us in Tehra? Is it coming close to us in Torah because, because of what Torah is? Or is it in my experience it's coming closer to me? So it depends if it's Reuben or if it's Shimon. If it's Reuben, if, if my eyes are open to your Torah, if I see what Torah is, so then it's not a question of do I, put up, do I lay bricks or not? The question is, do I have, am I going to go the extra mile to have a moment of intimacy with Hashem? It's a whole different, it's a whole different line of scrimmage. It's not like, should I put, should I put out the bricks? It's, it's uh, should I be close to Hashem? So now the the, the victory and the failure of, of getting there are are it's a whole different it's a whole different um, line of scrimmage. It's not about do, me doing the right thing and 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 showing up for. It's embarrassing to say this, but this is what happens every Rosh Chodesh at night. Um, I I I very often forget to say Yal Why? Because subconsciously I know if I don't say Yal I don't have to preach Manasseh. I never forget about Shachris. I never forget about Mincha. But Amayrib says in Gemara, says in Shachanarach, that since the Jewish court doesn't convene to establish the month at night, therefore, if you forget Yalv Yalv at night, you don't repeat it. Am I thinking about that, Madhavan? No. But some part of me is very aware of that. <laughs> and, and that part of me does not remind me to, to, uh, to, uh, to say Yalv Yalv. Don't say that with my phone, my phone reminds me because it pops up. Anyways, so, so but imagine, imagine. Okay, it's let's be fair. It's 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 um, it's it's not that um, just because something is important you remember it, but but it, it is true to say that the, the 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 extra mile that you'll go to do something, the hither mitzvah, the beauty you put into mitzvah depends. on, You want to buy the nice assessor? Why? Because you're supposed to buy the nice assessor. Okay, that's one way. The other way is I love Hashem. I want to get the best essek for Hashem. That's your Reuven impacts the way you do the, the, your Reuven or your Shimon. How close you feel to Eivishter that affects everything else you do. So Reuven and Shimon are 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 the first children of Yaakov, and they are the source of all the other um, um, children. So when Yaakov blessed his children, it says that each of them got a different blessing. On the other hand, at the conclusion of all the blessings, it says each person got his blessing. Um, he blessed them according to his blessing. He uses the plural. And the Rashi says, although he gave each of them one specific blessing, but everyone got all the blessings. It wasn't just that he got one, each, you got, if you were Reuben, you got Reuben, but every tribe got all the blessings too. So I may be from the tribe of Levi, but I have something of Reuben in me, I have something from Shimon. Everyone has all of those things. So that's why this, this, this Torah portion is at the end of Parshas Bereshis, because it isn't, it, it, it's about how the Torah continues, and everything in the Torah continues to the following generations, and how we all receive from all the children of Yaakov. Okay. Um, let's go to um, note 16. Uh, oh, as I mentioned, this outside. Now, now we can explain the relationship between the name of the Torah portion with its content. 
Lisa Tevashina Parsha. The name of the Torah portion is not because it has to be that way. Because it's the first word, that's why it's the name. Um, um, for example, like Parsha Snech and Parsha Stildes. What's the first first three words of Parsha Snech? Elo Toldos Noch, right? What's the first words of Parsha Toldos? Elo Toldos Yitzchak. So if it had to do with the first word, so Parsha Snech would have been called Toldos. And Parsha uh, Toldos would have been called Yitzchak. So we see from the fact that Hashem called Parsha Snech uh, Noah, Pasha has told us, told us that it doesn't have to do with the first word. It has to do with the content of the Pasha. Um, the content of most of the Pasha is about Yaakov's children. It's about the bracha that each of the children will receive. During their lives and the lives of their children, the following generations. And yet it's called the life of Yaakov. Why it's called the life of Yaakov? How do you see Yaakov's life is true, that Yaakov's life is eternal, when it continues on to his children? Then you know that his life is, is, is real. So that's why the content of the parasha is about his children. Because when do you see Yaakov's alive? In his children. Yeah? Okay. Ubisium Krias Pashvayachi, let's go back inside the Sikha. Ubisium Krias Pashvayachi, Shabam Simon, the Chos and Sefer Rishon Batir, Machism Chazak and Chazak Meshazak, Minagisro, Shriakam Mahab Chizak Alavay, the Homesal Sikhodes. At the end of the Kriya, we announce, be strong, be strong, be strengthened. Why do we say that? What we're saying is, or asking for is, that Yaakov's life is this, should give strength to all the Jewish people for what they need to do throughout all time. By Chiyake, the Yaakov being alive, this should give us chizuk. This should continue on in our lives. There's a relationship between the content of the Torah portions and the time in which they are read. What's the relationship between Parshas Vayechi and the Tenth of Tevis? The of Tevis was the day when the king of Babylonia made a siege around Jerusalem. It is not officially one of the um, um, harder fasts when uh, we have to fast the night before, or like on Tishabov, where you're forbidden to wear leather shoes, like in Kippur. It, in a way, it's considered a lighter fast. You fast in the morning. I mean, for us uh, living in America, it's the lightest fast. You fast in the morning. For if, if you don't usually have breakfast, then you don't really notice anything because the day is, day is over. On the other hand, Davud Raham says that Asar B'tavis is the most severe fast. He says the most severe fast, and if it falls on Shabbos, you would fast on Shabbos. Why would, he, why, why would you fast on Shabbos? He says, Davud Raham is the proof. He says in the Torah, on the essence of that day, on that very day, the king of Babylonia made a siege around, around uh, uh, so... So the, uh, the, he says, since the Torah uses the word be'etzem, the essence, about Yom Kippur also, Yom Kippur is also called the, the essence. So therefore, just like Yom Kippur falls on Shabbos, you fast on Shabbos, so too if the Tenth of Tehs falls on Shabbos, you fast on Shabbos. Now, how come we don't fast when it falls out on Shabbos? Because it doesn't fall out on Shabbos. Our calendar set up in a way that it doesn't fall out on Shabbos. It's only fast that falls out on Friday, by the way. It's only fast that falls out on Friday, but it never falls out on Shabbos. However, interesting, the Second Temple was missing some things that the first temple had. 
second temple missing um, the anointing oil uh, and and other things are ark so so um, it says that um, the um, in this time the second temple the Buddha says they would fast in the tenth of Tevis even though they had the temple they had the temple but they were missing something things in the first temple and they would still remember the first temple and they would fast on Shabbos they fast on Shabbos so why is it considered so severe? It, 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 okay, so the, he has a proof in the Torah. His word, okay, that's a proof. It's just technical. What's the reason for this? The reason why it's considered so severe is because although it's not the greatest of calamities, it's the beginning. It's a source of them. So, um, so it's it's where things started to go down. It's a source. It's a seed of the destruction. But as we'll see, um, everything that Hashem created is is for the good. Nothing happens in the world that's just that's just bad. Even a fast day isn't bad. It, a day of fast is called a time of divine grace and mercy. When the Jews fast, they, it's called a time of divine grace. So what's the the um, content of the fast? Ramel Tzibol Vashon is our Mashpia in Yeshiva in Marstown, a mentor of Yeshiva, used to say, if you want to know what something is, look how the way it's going to be when Mashiach will come. If you want to know what, what, the, what the true identity of something is, look how the Torah defines its future. So in the Tent of Tevis, uh, this year, the ship comes today, the Tent of Tevis will become a Yontif, a celebration. It'll be a greater celebration than other fasts, because it's a source of all the fasts. So the Tent of Tevis is about a time when we're supposed to uh, connect with each other in a higher way. Why? The Tent of Tevis was a day when there was a siege. What's the purpose of a siege? The purpose of a siege is that no one should be able to go anywhere. So that, that way they're all stuck there and they could cut off the water supply. That's the purpose of the enemy. But God made the siege. It wasn't the enemy. The, the enemy was just God's tool. What's the purpose of the siege? Siege is we should all be stuck in the same place. <laughs> we can't go anywhere. We didn't have cell phones. I mean, if, if we were to, if we were to, to reenact it today, we'd probably be like cut off also the Wi-Fi, you know. <laughs> and, and we should all look at each other in the eyes and smile at each other. That's the purpose. The purpose of the destruction of the temple was because, was because of senseless hatred. So the purpose of the fast was... We should all get along. So that that's the uh, so so this therefore Hashem caused what was the way that Hashem caused the destruction. The step one was everybody's stuck in the same place and let's talk to each other. Psychologists do this, by the way. There's a family, they don't get along. They it's all going to a room or not leaving until we figure this out. And it doesn't always work, but that's that's the, the idea. Is we're gonna, we're going we're, we're going to stay here and, and talk to each other, and that's. Um, there's a, there's a beautiful teaching from the Lechavarov. says that says that there was a, when there was a flood, God said to make boats. God said to make the boat of Noah. So the word boat just comes from the word word. So he says when you have a situation, you don't get, there's a mob, there's a flood in people's lives. People not getting along. I kind of want to talk there. He says Teva, come to the words. You need to talk. First step, you need to talk. No question. Not talking. When the Potiphar used to say, um, a, a word is worth a coin, silence is worth double, silence is worth two, two coins. Men used to say, so if you, made, if you spoke uh, three words, you made your money back already. <laughs> it's always better to talk. It's always better to talk to each other. Okay, there's an advantage of being silent, but not, but not, not in a situation where there's a mob, where there's a flood. It's always better to talk. That's the purpose of the Tent of Tavis. So the tent of Tavis, which that's the theme of the tent of Tavis, to increase our obviously soul for each other and to bring Mashiach, that falls out usually around this time of year. So what's the relevance between Aserba Tavis and Parshas Vayichi? We'll probably on the zoo, especially this year, 
As is this year, the parsha Sartavis falls out on Tuesday, right? Tomorrow Sartavis. The Shabbos following a week is is the elevation of everything in the week. It says that whenever you daven, your davening elevates all the mitzvahs that you did before. Between Mayrev and Shachras, it's a certain mitzvahs. So then those mitzvahs are elevated in the in the Shachras. And the mitzvahs do between Shachras and Mincha are elevated in Mincha. The mitzvahs done throughout the week are elevated on the Shabbos afterwards. Shabbos has two components. Shabbos blesses the next week. And Shabbos also elevates the week before. So this Shabbos, which is Vayechi, elevates the entire week. And therefore elevates also the Tenth of Tevis. So there must be something about Parshas Vayechi and the Tenth of Tevis. Um, not only because Parshas Vayechi falls, Tenth of Tevis is within this Torah portion. The author said once, famously, he said you have to live with the times. And his students didn't know what he meant, but he explained later to uh, one of his chassinim that he meant not we should live with the, with the style of, uh, of Paris and the literature of London, but we should live with the Torah portion of the week. So, um, so the Torah portion of the week is Vayechi. must be something about Vayechi to give us insight to the Tent of Tevis, and we'll have to explain to Hashem what the Tent of Tevis is, and figure out what this has to do with the, um, the Parshish Vayechi. But it's not just Parshish Vayechi, Parshish Vayechi falls out on the 14th of Tevis, and it's before the 15th, the 15th is when the moon is full, and just like when every holiday, um, is, most of our holidays are on the 15th of the month, the 15th of Nisan is Pesach, the 15th of Tishrei is Sukkot, the 15th of Adar is, is Shushan Purim. Our, our holidays are associated with the 15th of the month because that's when the, the full light of Jewish people is. Our, our, we count according to the moon because we're like the moon, the moon gets the moon, gets waxes and wanes. So to each of us, our, in, the, in history, Jewish people, we have ups and downs. So the 15th of the month means the full light of the month of Tavis. The full light of the month of Tavis starts... After Shabbos, something about Shabbos, Vayechi, month of Tevis, Sarva Tevis. Let's see how this all connects. And Hashem, we'll tomorrow. Any questions, comments, criticism, tomatoes, cucumbers? Don't worry, we'll give you another chance to come back and uh, repeat. Yeah, I'll rush for it. You'll get it right next time. All right, all right. thank you. <laughs> I have a lot of work to do. <laughs>